Well, welcome to this week's episode of Inside Us, Inside Me, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's free-flowing. Um, I have a very special guest in today, a very funny person. Um, invited him on, had no problem uh, coming on out, and I want to thank you again, but Mr. Tyler Dees. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's, uh, it's um, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that drive... I know that drive's annoying, so uh, when anybody's willing to track that, especially for a, an hour-long podcast on a a small setup like mine, I, I appreciate it. It's been, it's been big fun. Well, I, I, I my thing is if we're not going to do it for each other, then yeah. who the hell's going to? Exactly, right? <laughs> so. And uh, like I've had so many people like fall through to, they're like, oh, I want to make it out. And then like as soon as there's one road bump, it's just like, uh, they start like backpedaling and stuff, so yeah, yeah it's yeah. and it's annoying. That's schedule-wise. I, 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 <clears throat> that's it specifically why I came today. Is yeah, because we had a, a roadblock the last time yep. we tried to do this. Yep, and I was like, oh, I can't be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's all right because it happens. I understand life happens. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what the hell were we just talking about? Oh, my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we were. <laughs> so we were talking about breathing before uh, before we kind of went live here, but um, yeah, if you guys hear excessive breathing, uh, that's that's me. I promise. Um, so I want to ask, how long have you been doing comedy? Because um, I have to say, you're, you're very funny. There are very few times that I've like seen you and haven't like damn near like came to tears and i'm not like i'm not trying to gas you up or anything right like it's okay gas I would me up say, as much as yeah, you would yeah. like to that's like use as many compliments yeah <laughs> yeah i'm very self-deprecating too so when people are like yeah. you're so good i'm like oh tell me more please <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> um no but how long have you been doing comedy and uh um uh, let's see. I think I was I was doing the math recently. I should be right at seven years doing stand up right now. Yeah. So um, yeah, and like basically coming up right now, it should be seven to eight because yeah, I, it's that in between. Uh, I was I I remember specifically I was out at a bar uh, having dinner on my birthday okay, and realized that there was a comedy club in Wilmington. And, and then I you was, just... And I was like, oh, cool. And I went to the open mic the next week. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so that's like... That's different from mine. Like, I was, like, prepping and planning. I was nervous as fuck. Were you, were you nervous your, your first time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm nervous every time. I'm nervous yeah. most of the time in uh, general. Yeah. So, but, yeah, yeah. Do but, you have anxiety? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, crippling? Like, are you a freezer? No, or are you, like, a... Uh... Uh, yes, yes. Okay. I have, uh, I, I have enough anxiety that I had to talk to somebody about it mm. and for them to be like, yeah, that's a... Yep. That's a thing that yeah. you just live with. There's getting nervousness, <laughs> and then there's like uh-huh. four levels of where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at. So I'm like, uh, I just started seeing a therapist, and um, you don't realize how like fucked up you are until like people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is textbook. This and this, <laughs> and you're like, all right, man, hold on. This is because they're all, they're essentially just like uh, they're just like expounding on all these issues that you've like put like repressed almost that gets kind of revisited yeah and then you're like i've been living my life so wrong right 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 yeah yeah (laughs) um i 
I always think this is funny. Did you do the Did you do the thing in your life where you started telling stories to people that mm-hmm. you thought were like funny stories? Yep. And then you, it's more of a an awe factor to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you get it out, and then they respond, and you're like, uh oh, yeah. Like I might have normalized something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's happened. So it's actually funny you say that. That was part of the reason I got into comedy because people were like, because I was always able. To, I'm a very silly dude, um, and like the way I would tell stories, uh, I would take, you know, comedic liberties or like, I would kind of bolster the stories up. They weren't necessarily right. tr- like the, the, the idea of the story and like the events that happened were very true, but like the way I was describing people and how they were looking and like, uh, just my overall description of a story is kind of, I think what led me into to comedy eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So you started about seven or eight years ago. Do you remember one of your first jokes or like one of your first sets? Because yeah. you know, like when you start out, yeah. right? Like you run that set for a, a, like a little bit, at least a couple or a couple of weeks. Like I know with my first two sets, um, I had like one joke that was like consistent between the both of them. But then I tried writing new stuff and just ate dicks my second time. Like yeah. my my first time, I got some giggles and then it went straight to my head. And I was like, I am meant for this. Yeah, and then. Ate shit at Dead Crow the next time. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. Nice. Um, now, the, I think the only joke that I remember from my first set, I never did it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even remember how I worded it, but basically the premise was I had gone like out on a hike the week before. Okay. And, um, that was something that I would do like at that time is I would just kind of disappear for a day or so. That's some real white people shit. Like, (laughs) and just, and just go somewhere. And, um, I got, uh, like red bugs is what I got, but I got them in two like very funny places. I thought, cause they were on my thighs. And so when I finally noticed them and they swelled up, um, I, I, I made this joke basically <laughs> that I was like, oh, it looks like Squidward is living in my crotch. <laughs> was, <That's so> good. <laughs> that's good. And, uh, it, people laughed. Yeah. It was an awful joke. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. It's, uh, but for some reason, that's the only one that has lived in my head, head. Yeah. since then is the, is the me making a joke about having red bugs. On yeah. My thighs. I, uh, one of my first jokes um was uh the premise was that alfred was the creepy one between batman uh so like the butler and i'm like you guys don't understand there's no pun hold on let me preface this too because i've played it on the podcast uh the night at like the so i recorded a podcast like probably the day after or whatever and uh i was trying to ensue that like alfred was this creepy like panty sniffing dude for batman but like just didn't and that he also and then i was like also like trying to assimilate that with like pedophilia with robin (laughs) and it just didn't work it fell flat it was and there was like no punchline i was just saying things right like there was no hook there was no yeah nothing and uh it's funny that looking back on it now because like the the way i work premises now I'll, i'll bring it on stage or whatever and then whatever parts get a laugh that's what I try and write on, but yeah. uh, I never returned to that joke. Yeah. Like I've never, I've dropped it since. I'm like, I don't even know what I was trying to get at here. It was 100% a like bag of shit. Yeah, because 
because Alfred's not. Like, no. Alfred is... Alfred the most is, caring person. Yeah, Alfred's just the most human character mm-hmm. that has ever existed yeah. in any comic book. Yeah. No other, like, he's like the Samwise Gamgee yeah. of yeah. that, like... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just, he's the only, like, statue in his morals... Yeah. That just is constant. He stays yeah. there and yeah. he helps him out. And like, yep. I'm a giant. So I have a giant tattoo of Batman on my back. Like I have, I have comic books all over the set. And How whatever, giant is your giant tattoo of like, if I were to push this, uh, huh. so like this, the whole bat symbol is right here. Oh, I have Superman, Batman, oh, oh, oh. uh, Superman, Batman, Harley Quinn, Joker, and Bizarro. And I'm going to get, Justice League down this side, and then I want to do the Legion of Doom on this side. That is so cool. <laughs> when I eventually make enough money to spend it on my body. Because yeah. <laughs> right now, my body's just making me money. A zing. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, yes that's um, So, comedy for seven years, and like, so I'm, I'm on a year and a half. September of 21 is when I started. And, um, it sucks for me because um, st- the job I currently work still sends me away. So realistically, as far as like writing, sure, I've been, you know, a year and a half, like really putting energy into comedy. Um, but like as far as stage time, I didn't realize how much uh, like rust can kind of build up when you're when you're away. Um, so getting back, I had felt all of those same nerves. Do you feel at any point? And I'm, I'm, I guess I'm only prefacing it with this because, like, I'm not even at two years yet, and I'm looking at you, who at like seven or eight years in, the leaps and bounds I've made in comedy just within my own writing process and like how I'm seeing things within two years is insane. So I can't even imagine. Do you like look back at yourself, uh, like from year one, and like look now and like your writing process and and how you deliver your comedy, uh? Is it just like 100% different? Was there any any like crazy change that you made that you felt was like necessary or like? Um, uh, kind yes and no at the same okay. time. So uh, I feel like I obviously have seen major differences in the way that I write jokes okay. and that I write different bits. Um. And how I play them on stage has definitely changed since then. But uh, it always feels like it's just a refinement okay. of what I was trying to do at the okay. start. Yeah. Like uh, even the the dumb like Squidward penis joke. The reason that I dropped it is because it was a penis joke. Uh-huh. But the reason I wrote it is because of the absurdity of it yeah yeah sort of just thing. the overall like, silliness the, of yeah, the just and that's something that i latched onto at the start that mm-hmm. i have felt like i needed to keep through yeah the whole thing because that that's what makes it fun for, for you me. yeah and if you're not having <laughs> yeah. fun that shit doesn't yeah yeah there's been times where like i've tried to make stuff work uh because i think very silly too like i'm i'm always um I don't know. Like if I were to relate my thought process to like tattooing or anything like that, like there's American traditional, like the, the one liners, right. I, I feel like I'm very cartoonish, uh, when I think of my writing process, like everything yeah. is very up 
upbolstered or like um uh what's the word I'm looking for? No, I get the I get the concept of cartoonish where it's a caricature. Yeah. Of it's the event that you're describing right, or right. like whatever. It is you're a looking. story, but yeah. it's it's a it's a story that you've tacked on these little bits. Yes. To, to yes. like yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I get that. That's I feel like that's where my writing comes from as okay. well. I'm a huge cartoon fan. Yeah. Uh, raised on television sort Same. of kid. And now my mom I was have. an addict and I never met my dad. So like <laughs> that TV raised me, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, and now I've got kids and like I never grew out of the cartoon phase. Mm-hmm. And now it's Same. like if we're going to watch Maybe. television mm-hmm. together, yeah. then it's cartoons. Yep. Like, yeah. and so that is... I. I I, I understand what you're saying with that as far as it's it's maybe not absurdity. It's, yeah. it's just cartoonish. It's yeah. just like, let's exaggerate it. Let's put just a little bit of flair on it. Yeah. But let's also make it true and yeah. honest. Like, like when we dismount this, let's do three backflips. Right. Just because we can. <laughs> right. You know, right. that's and, yeah, that's where it feels like uh it and it's comes fun. From. It lets you. It lets you be dark. Yes, too. it does. It lets you be honest. And it's it's the reason I think so many sketch shows work too, because you you understand that it's a sketch show, right? Like SNL or uh, Key and Peele. A lot of them wouldn't get away with such crazy ideas. Like if you look at Chappelle's show, like I was just watching it uh, the other night. They did. Uh, I completely forgot about this sketch, but like the Chappelle show did. Uh, um, like to catch a predator or whatever, mm-hmm. and that uh, the Jedi's were like, uh, sexually abusing the fucking Padawans, right? Right. And I completely forgot about that sketch, and I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. Like it's insane because it's so over the top that like I forgot how because everybody just remembers from Chappelle show. It's like Rick James, uh, you know the the racial draft, like the big wicked items, but. Um, there are so many small bangers within that whole show and it's only two seasons sucks, but, um, yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Like my, my son and my daughter both love cartoons and like, I just try and find cartoons that I can stand and they can stand right. together. <laughs> Cause like my daughter, she's big on like Elena right now in the, the Disney princess. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. so I'm not all the way invested in that but like i try and get her into some of the dc cartoons where it's like this has harley quinn like you might like her yeah and she's got real daddy issues too so yeah get up. Go. 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 no 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 um, what would you say some of your favorite cartoons were growing up? Oh, some of my favorites growing up. I was a big Ed, Ed and Eddie kid. Okay. I liked Ed, Ed and Eddie. I <laughs> grew up like just kind of Southern. And okay. Ed, Ed and Eddie was one of those shows where you kind of got just rural vibes yeah. from it. Yep. Like it wasn't. There's just a lot of there's there were a lot of suburb cartoons yes. when we were growing up. Yep. And I didn't you necessarily had... grow up in a suburby type of place. Come on. You know? Go. So Out. both mm. things. Sorry. Get up. Go. That's all right. Say it. Oh, got it. Go on. No, I, 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 
first time too, keeping the door open. I was like, maybe they won't be annoying this time. And <laughs> boy, was I wrong. Um, yeah, like Ed, Ed, and Eddie kind of uh, captured both because like it was. Um, what I really loved about Ed, Ed, and Eddie was like them really working for the quarter so they could get the jawbreakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was like the struggle as a kid. Like if you ever had a dollar, you were like, what the fuck am I going to spend this on? Because you knew. It was very few and far between. Like you were getting money yourself that you yeah. could like. I'm gonna make the decision to buy a, a fucking jawbreaker. Yeah, and they were cokeheads after those jawbreakers. Uh-huh. Yeah, that shit was fat. I wanted a jawbreaker that big so bad. Yeah, like half the size of me. Yeah, I don't I think know. That was the other thing is it was just such a visually pleasing oh. cartoon to watch. Yeah, like everything about it was. Yeah. Just- well, that whole era of cartoons. Um, because if you really think about it, that was like the transition into cartoons that really kind of represented the the generation, I would say. Because like the only ones you really had before that were Scooby-Doo, uh, like Voltron. But it was all like they had already been on for the whole decade, if not 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of those shows were already there. So like, yeah, yeah. It was like the introduction, like Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Laboratory, fucking... Uh, Ed, yeah. Ed, and Eddie, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go to Nickelodeon. They had Cat Dog. They had all the rock, Team Rocket. Yeah. Or yeah. is that Rocket Power? Rocket Power. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was the time where I think Cartoon Network was like, we're going to turn this shit up. And yeah. Then, no, Cartoon Network was on that top was my of it shit yeah. during that time. Like, I, I did, I loved Cat Dog and I really liked Rocket Power, but. I'm not going to lie. When I came home, the first thing I cut on was always Cartoon Network. Had to. Had to check. Was it Channel 33 for you or 32? No, we had Channel 52 where I was at. Yeah. In some places for us, like it depended on which provider you had. It would be 32 or like uh, 52 or 53, something like that. Yeah. It was was like it was either before the TBS TNT channels or it was after, like right before uh, MTV. I had, I feel like, we had the best cable set up because ours was Cartoon Network, Comedy Central, Ooh. right next to one another. You just click. You didn't have up to hit return. And down, just and fucking up and flip down. it back. You could choose what you were watching. Yeah, these was, kids are fucking spoiled these uh, days. They don't even know. <laughs> they don't know the fucking struggles. I try and tell them that shit all the time too. I'm like, yo, you used to you used to have a landline, yeah, and you would rotary phone that motherfucker, yeah. And they're like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just touch the screen? I'm like, there, that's the problem, man. There weren't any screens, man. <laughs> there weren't any screens, man. It there was no just screens. very textile <laughs> things. Like when you click something, if the click didn't move, you didn't push the button. Like you could get food under shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we went to my hometown for Thanksgiving this year. And while we were there, I was like, of course, collecting things. Mm-hmm. You know, you do that sort of thing when you go yeah. and visit family. Yeah. And so they were like, look, we got this box. You need to go through it and take what you want. We're going to throw away the rest yeah. of it. And of course, like, it's always fun because you go through it and you're like, there's so much of this that is just trash yep. that you guys have held on to because you love We're me. hoarders. Like, it's, yeah. no, it's, yeah. And it is, it's this thing where it's like, you might like this thing because you used to like mm-hmm. this thing. But we stumbled upon all of my and my brother's Game Boy gear. 
and uh, specifically our Game Boy Advances, and we had uh, Game Boy. Oh, what were they? They were SP. The yeah, the back flip open one. Yes, the SP. So before they came out with the DS sort of yep. thing. And uh, I, my kid was so excited. My nine-year-old was like, oh, this is cool. Because I had like Pokemon Blue and Red yep. like from 96 sort of thing. Yeah. And he was like, I've never played these. And I was like, yeah, <sighs> super fun. Go ahead and play them. But he fired up the Advance and realized that it doesn't have backlight. Yeah, so he's like, how the, the fuck are you supposed to see in this thing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that that was a thing, thing yeah. that we had to deal with. Where yeah. they made screens that didn't, didn't have light. Didn't light up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how that works. It's funny that you say that. So for like my, I did a holiday show last night with mm-hmm. uh, Tim and um, Thursday I wrote this shit, but I was explaining the same thing. Cause so last year for Christmas, I bought my son a Game Boy SP and the bit kind of gets stomped. Like the whole thing is that me buying it for him, it kind of gets stomped on because my mother-in-law buys him something else. That's like a little bit cooler. Yeah. Yeah. The same Christmas, yeah, so I'm like, would like the switch on the same. Christmas. Oh wow, have you yeah. seen my? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's exactly what happened, right? So I was like, the the fucking punchline. I'm like, that's you know, it's uh, going from paperback porn and then like finding LimeWire. It's like you're not going back, you know. Like there's no, and like I went in like a whole part of the bit is like me describing like that squiggly light for the Game Boy Color that like would only cover yeah, yeah. half your screen. Yeah, the worm light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and then uh like having to finagle that, but then uh, sometimes it wouldn't bend or it would break off and just kind of going through like some of the experiences of the Game Boy Color. Cause I grew up on the color and then yeah. I never got the SP. The next like thing I got, so I had a green, like the neon green Game Boy Color. Um, and then the next thing I ever got was uh, the PSP. So like I had went straight to Varsity yeah. right after. It was yeah. like small discs, whatever. Um. But yeah, like the game. I remember the Game Boy Advance coming out and like the speakers being louder. It introduced triggers, but then the SP came out and it was like, you guys remember that fucking boo boo model we put out last year? <laughs> it was. We got the fucking SP and it's done right. Like they were like, hey, look, we made this thing a different shape yep. and we put a light in it. Yeah. isn't it better? Yeah. And Do you were, want a game we system? Like, yeah, absolutely, it is. Thank you so. Do you want much. a game system that you can play on and your baby sister can also think is a cell phone? Yeah, because <laughs> those were just coming out. It's so annoying too because it's it was the better console, but it was the worst shaped of yeah. the two. Because it was a brick. Yeah, that like the Game Boy Advance shape. Yeah. Is such an iconic yep. like thing. Yep. That whole just like you could see a silhouette of that yeah. layering out of Game Boy yeah. across the front of it. You're just it looks like, like a set of pit vipers right now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, right now, if somebody gave me something that was shaped like that, I'd be like, oh, I'll play this for mm-hmm. another 175 yeah. hours. Yeah. 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 Like 100. percent I uh, put a light in it. Just why that's all we need. We, just a backlight. Why did and why did we shift straight to it's a little laptop? Like that's true. What happened? Yeah, there? you know what happened. Uh, I like to think that uh, Nintendo, like they had bolstered all these ideas together, and when they were making the advanced, the dude who had the backlight and the flip up screen and the um, non battery but charge pack just didn't show up to the meeting that day. 
<laughs> and then when they con- like when they reconciled and they were all like, all right, everybody good, break. Everybody went back to their like perspective stations or respective stations. And then he's showing up like with papers. <laughs> like, wait, like, wait, 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 guys, yeah. guys, no. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, you'll have to save it yeah. until next year's yeah. meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, we said 4.30 for this meeting. And he's like, but I was just, and he's like, got glasses and he's pushing his glasses up. He's like, I, I have, I have the schematics for the light and the charger. I think I've solved the problem. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, going to no, have to wait. No, no, absolutely not. That's Plus, we still have this deal with fucking Duracell, bitch. Like, we've, we've had this conversation three times. Now. <laughs> yeah. If you don't show up to the meeting, we can't use yeah. your ideas, no yeah. matter how good they are. Yeah. Listen, uh, some people say he's actually still working, and he created this the switch. So <laughs> <laughs> he's still working at Nintendo. They promoted the man. <laughs> um. Uh. What What cartoons? do your kids enjoy right now? Oh, it's a wide variety. Um, As far as cartoons that they can, that they'll watch probably for the rest of their lives, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. We did that one a couple of years ago. Solid move. My son is, you know, and not to be, yes, he is underage, but he is balls deep in that right now. He watches Legend of Korra and um, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, he loves Aang. I honestly like hands down. That's one of the coolest shows because it it dude it drops some some wisdom bombs in there. It, yeah, no, it's, Uncle it's, Iroh. Yeah, that motherfucker be in there like you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know a clenched fist Ugh. can hurt itself if it doesn't let go of the rope that's you know yeah, yeah. wrapped around its wrist, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god, air me out, son. <laughs> Holy shit. So He's good. like, yeah, dark tea. You know, or you shouldn't judge a tea kettle by the continent or the, the contents of its insides but the purity of its tea and it's like god damn you know he's fucking firebending some words into my face <laughs> yeah no but uh they're big on that right now um i'm convinced my son will get like avatar tattoos oh yeah when he grows up uh with some glow in the dark ink but um yeah and then my my daughter's she's not really the 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 big fan of like um pop cultural things. Yeah. Um, she's into Disney and stuff. And like, uh, if she's forced to kind of sit and watch something, she will, but she's always out roller skating and shit like that. But, uh, for her, it's like Elena, um, Elsa, she likes the show Sam and cat, uh, okay. the, like the yeah. runoff of, um, mm-hmm. what was that show? That one was, uh, why am I? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? The one where the victorious, no, it's not Victorious. It's iCarly, right? Sam and Cat is with Sam from That's right. iCarly. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. She okay. just came out with a really Jeanette cool McCarthy, book. right? Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 She got really skinny. Ariana Grande and that's what? What do you mean? She Let's... got like really like thin. Like it almost doesn't look Oh, I don't like, know. That's a gross conversation. Healthily. Yeah. And, Sorry. Um, it's okay. It's I Sorry, I just... Well, it's just because... So, uh, my mom had cancer. So, like, when I see, like, people shed weight like that, mm. like, for me, I think health issues, not necessarily yeah. like aesthetic. I don't give yeah. a fuck about that. No, 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 no. As that's, long as they're... But that's a, that's a thing, too. We always yeah. attribute that concept to... Yeah. We feel like people have to be, like... Whatever they are mm. at any given time to decide whether or not mm-hmm. they're healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But um 
Yeah, so she'll watch those, which I think is really going to be the precursor for her watching reality shows, which I'm really trying to prolong as long as I can. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I think reality TV has been like the slow escape uh, like of our generation. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the Jersey Shore really sucks. I'm always attributed to it because I'm from Jersey. And it sucks, but like the real world, all those like reality TV shows, I think when it comes to those shows, it's more of like reactionary. So like now people who shouldn't necessarily verbalize their opinions or like their reactions on a show do, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the concept that, um, I mean, that's just sort of a thing that proliferates like media right now is the shock value always does better. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of the way that it works. And yeah. since the way that like media and creativity is allowed to exist yeah. where we are is yeah. through monetizing it. Yep. You have to engage mm-hmm. with that shock value concept. Yep. But I don't know. I feel like I, I I think that that's the problem with reality television. Yeah. Like, as I mean, I'm I'm a big person that anytime we're going to talk about what the problem is, the problem is capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That it's, is, it's it's just you can always, always follow the money, and yeah. it's going to be like because people the the concept of people wanting to engage with media that is realistic, mm-hmm. um, in spurts, and it becoming like a thing that the community focuses on and becomes very popular is normal. That happens with society. We do this like bounce back between wanting the grandiose and Mm -hmm. wanting what's real. What's real. Like that's sort of the snapback. You can watch that where the bloom of reality television and its popularity sort of starts to fade out and bleed into the bloom of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where we went from reality television era to Marvel 100%. era, yeah. like just in the way that we believe. wanted to be yeah. entertained. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and even now, Marvel's having to snap back because we're past that sort of period where we want that much of it. And you're seeing a lot more things become popular, like uh, She-Hulk, where we take a character and put them into a real world sort yep. of setting, and we make yeah. it kind of a procedural crime drama. Yeah, because that's what people want right now. Yes, people were, dude, people were hating on that show. I thought like the whole third wall break, like the um, the callback to like the '90s shows and like the yeah. You guys think that, you know, like, I thought that was very fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I haven't finished the whole show yet, but I also, I'm a dork and I watch a lot of the, like, I watch this guy named uh, Emergency Awesome, a lot of his videos, and he just breaks down, like, he'll do spoiler breakdowns of, like, videos and stuff. And it's yeah. usually the way I catch back up because right, right. I don't have that much time to no, sit no. and watch <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40 you, minute you get into episodes. Like, that 30 area, and you're like, Listen, I love this stuff, yeah. but you've got to give it to me in a more digestible manner. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like, I would love to have an hour to sit down and watch mm-hmm. this, but I don't. If you could tell me what happened yep. in like 10 minutes, in a 10 minute I'd video, love it too. I love the meat and potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, because that and that's the thing, right? Like, because I'm such a fucking comic book fan, and anytime like one of the big movies comes out, but there's just too much for me to keep up with now. Because I used to be, and I say I used to be, but like I used to be a, a, a very big diehard Star Wars fan, and now I'm like slowly slipping from that because they got fucking Andor, Obi Wan, fucking you know with the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think when they take on too much, it obviously the quality is gonna kind of drop a little bit. Like, I think the last four or five um, Marvel movies really weren't even that good. It's just cu- like cookie cutter at this point. Like they kind of took the mold because like Thor Ragnarok had a mix of serious uh, with comedic breaks. And like, then they just took that mold and just applied it to every single, there's yeah. no like serious moments anymore. Like the whole reason Endgame was so big was because there were so many like crazy moments leading up to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're adding too much comedy to the comics to the to the comic book movies now. Um, like in my eyes, the new Batman movie—I don't know if you saw it—is mm-hmm. fucking deliciously good. Yeah, it gives you everything. Great fight scenes, uh, awesome acting between Zoe Kravitz, uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin. Um, you get a Batmobile scene, you get fucking cool dialogue. They build a story arc and then they like, if they didn't make another, the movie would be fine. Like that's, they don't need to make another. They're going to, because Matt Reeves, they've already like, I guess signed contracts. I don't know. I'm not in fucking Hollywood, but, uh, (laughs) like it, it, it had some comedy, like the scene, there's a scene where he starts up the fucking Batmobile and he had just put it together. And he stalls it right before the fucking uh, Batmobile like chase scene happens, and it's such a good like it's a funny comedic relief that yeah. like he just put this together. He's year two Batman. He hasn't driven this fucking thing yet, right? But to get it there, right? And so he stalls it, and it's just such a good. It's very subtle. Um, no, but that's it, but like it, a that's a very real like thing to happen, yeah. and it just happens to be funny. And I feel like that's I feel like we're making that like snap back right now, and that's why Marvel is struggling so much, mm-hmm. and everybody has given DC so much grief for the way that they've chosen to make movies mm-hmm. through this past decade. Yeah, but. They forget that the reason that they got into DC and were really excited about it was because of Christian Bale as Batman. Yeah. In a trilogy that went from trying to figure out how not to be Tim Burton Mm -hmm. to realizing that it was something completely different. Yeah. That it was sort of a grim, dark fantasy. Yeah. Of superhero, yeah, and we loved it. Yeah, we loved it Hands at down. that time. I don't know about the third one. I'm not I, talking shit. I love Tom Hardy as the the as Bane, but yeah. like that uh that third one. I'm not saying I I could take it or leave it. It wasn't. I I think that I don't know. I like I like the third one. Okay. I I I watched the Dark Knight and I watched the third one multiple times, mm-hmm. over, despite the fact that they were. Way too long. Yeah. Um, but I really, I enjoyed them. And yeah. I enjoyed them, I think, specifically because of what we were talking about. Like, it was at that time what I wanted. And I never got into the Marvel franchise mm-hmm. a whole lot because, honestly, I liked 
Sam Raimi Marvel stuff. Yeah. Like I wanted more of yeah. X-Men and There's X2 talks and I Raimi. wanted more Spider-Man that came from that time. They're looking at making another uh, number 4. It's yeah, it's and I think that that makes sense because it's mm-hmm. time for people to enjoy that again. Yeah. I feel like honestly if people would have been served Justice League and Batman versus Superman two years from now yeah. that it would have been a major hit yeah. because I think that's where we're at now yeah. is we're back in the people don't want to see that whole concept of like superheroes get Ensemble. to destroy a city and yeah. there's no repercussions from it. Yeah. They don't want to see 25 high paid actors on a screen at one time. Yeah. All fighting for space. Yeah. Like it's, it's not fun. Yeah, I never even <laughs> thought about that too. Like kind of watching them. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Think about all of these people that are feature actors mm-hmm. that lead in movies all year long. Yeah. And they're like, look, we need you for roughly 20 minutes of film yep. that we're going to trim down to about 12, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. And you also have your celebrity that you have to convey in that mm-hmm. moment. You don't get to be small yeah, because you're a lead actor. Yeah. You're being booked for this role yep. and you have to be big. It's kind of exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> it just, yeah, it is. They're great and they all deserve their own space. And I, I would throw away every Avengers movie for more of the just singular comic. Yeah. Okay. Concept. Yeah. I would I would trade them all for I mean even Iron Man was goofy but people fucking loved that Iron movie Man. That movie ripped. Iron Man yeah. was goofy and it was great. Yeah. It knew exactly what it was mm-hmm. and it did what it wanted to the yep. whole time. Like it's just It was John Favreau too. Yeah. Who was a fucking I've only backed that man since I didn't know he directed that until probably, I don't know, four or five years ago. But, um, yeah, and, like, his work on The Mandalorian, just kind of mm-hmm. anything he touches is, like... I'm a big fan It's going to be cinematically His Chef strong. series on... Yeah! That's really So good. Um, anything he touches is just fucking so good. Yeah, um, yeah and I feel the same, too, because um, my problem with DC is, is that they jumped... They tried doing... And mirroring Marvel too soon. If they had done Zack Snyder's Justice League kind of at this point now, because like if they think, and I don't think they did, by the time 2017 was rolling around, 2016 was when they really started hammering down on the DC extended universe. Um, they released the Wonder Woman movie. And so they they did a good job with just like, Pinky toe in the water, Batman versus Superman. To me, Man of Steel was like creme de la creme. It had everything you wanted. It's what you wanted to see in a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, feel like, I think Man of Steel is the aesthetic they should have just stuck with. Stuck with. Too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Because it was both, right? Like it was grandeur, but it was very real and it was based. Like Lawrence Fishburne, you really thought that he was a fucking editor and like the whole world had like very real world 
yeah. complexities yeah, it and all, like it moved. Together. It worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they fucked Zack Snyder over with a lot of it because I think his whole plan was the three year or sorry three movie deal where he was going to do something similar. It was going to be an expedited end game essentially. Yeah. Um, and then I think his daughter died or something like that, so he had to like stop filming. Um, if they had waited until the ten year mark to hit this, because now you have like Ezra Miller, like the Flash movie, I'm super excited about. This movie's now been pushed back. It was supposed to be out in November. It's gotten pushed back to the summer because Ezra Miller's fucking up and beating people up in Hawaii, yeah, getting charged with shit. Because Ezra Miller is a bad person. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> he is just too fast. Yeah, and I believe it's, they are a bad person. They're they're not nice and they don't. They do bad things. Yeah. They. they uh, do you think? And I, I guess I'm kind of gonna answer my own question here, but like. Do you think he's always been that way and it's now just kind of um, exacerbated because of fame? Or do you think um, he's only kind of doing this because he feels so solid within the like companies? Because Warner Brothers has him by the nuts. He's in, he's in the Harry Potter franchise now. He's also in uh, DC. So like Warner Brothers has, is like the umbrella over both of those. So I don't know if it's like he feels very secure in his contract with Warner Brothers and he's just pulling an Aaron Carter in the fucking early 2000s. R.I.P. Scary. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't know. I It's hard to speak on stuff like yeah, that. It's I guess. just they're, they're definitely a person that I see in the community and it's, I don't know, there's just like, there's just people that are bad. Yeah. Like, and it might be that it's the fame thing. Yeah. It might be the comfort, but even if it is, then it always feels like that had to have been something that existed in their mind. Yeah. Cause when I, when I look now, like I see, um, I don't know if you watch podcasts, um, often or, or, or at all, but, um, John Berthenall, he played the Punisher in, uh, the Marvel Netflix runs he's got a podcast out and he had like Shia LaBeouf on and like I don't know if you've even been on Instagram but like a lot of the reels will cover the conversation that they had and um I'm getting very like um prima donna Shia LaBeouf day vibes from Ezra like it's like lashing out and I'm only pissed because the flash is like one of my favorite characters yeah and i really want this fucking movie yeah. to come out and it's like dude will you just quit fucking up yeah you know because yeah. yeah. i loved him in the justice league i loved him and i was like really excited to see like his updated version they got michael keaton coming back in the fucking movie it's gonna be sick and i just it, i'm pissed because it's like yo can you have your temper tantrum like yeah. after the release of this movie yeah. just like let yeah. you let fucking dumbledore come out and now you're gonna start fucking up when the flash is supposed to come out <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> fuck you yeah it's, but yeah of course that's <laughs> i feel like that's fitting that he was uh more willing to get the the turfs yeah uh, franchise <laughs> rolling. <laughs> i think that's that's sort of yeah. where i'm landing on that i just <laughs> i just feel like they're that's it's just a it's just a bad look and yeah. especially for like i mean they're supposed to be like sort of at 
like they present themselves as like a model for the queer community. Okay. As well. Like just sort of the they're one of those people that you're like You don't need oh, their opinion, but they try and speak up for the fucking community. It, well, no, as as far as I know, like Ezra's pretty like non binary okay. in general, as far as I've seen, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, Ezra is like Pretty well known I'm pretty sure he's a they then. Like, yeah, like and Julie, and, and so honestly, correct me too, because I'm very ignorant to this shit too. Are you a they them? Yes. Okay. I, so yeah. my bad at the fucking <laughs> beginning of this. It's okay. Because I remember, yeah. um, I had a brief conversation with uh, uh, Julia, and I think she had referred to you as they them, and yeah. I it wasn't until literally we just spoke about this now that I fucking I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I just fucked that up. It's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, I, and and I'm trying to like, because I'm I'm not one of the. I guess I, I think I'm part of the general populace because like I do think there are people that do it for the clout, but then there are also people who are like, listen, you fucked up. It's not even really a fuck up, but I'm they them. I'd prefer this, right? Like that's. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and um, yeah. Sorry, so continue. No, it's it's okay. Yeah. but I'd, I I. Ezra is one of those people that uh, you, I think you see them in the media and you're just like, oh, you're, you're misrepresenting a, a, a whole, a large graph. Yeah. A large like group, you're 100%. And it's not, I, I stay the, I, I've not gotten into the flash specifically because of oh wow Ezra Miller like one hundred percent so he's kind of repelled you from it oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely interesting yeah yeah and I guess it's because he's misspeaking do you I would say not necessarily disenfranchised because that would mean like you're accepting him as a um a proponent of the community but like are you st- like I think when it's you, just the shit that he says as an individual that's really pissing you off I I think that it's when there's this thing that when you become a celebrity and you're a member of a group that's and like an outside group mm-hmm. that they feel know. compelled to say something. No, it's it's that I I feel like the behavior that they engage in is reflective on the community in a way that maybe they don't realize or that they don't care about. And it doesn't matter which answer is there for that. It's just wrong. Okay. Because there's very little representation. And when the representation that you see is that, (laughs) it's it's just like... They get in trouble for this and that. Yeah. It sheds a negative light. Right, and it's right. like kind of backing. It's not even. It's not who, even that they're doing it. It's not that they're doing it out of maliciousness or anything. Mali- like it's, well, it's it, the actions have to be malicious. It's yeah. something about the concept that you're. You get mad at people who don't feel like they have to behave in public okay. the same way that yeah. you do. You get mad at people who feel like it's okay for them to go out okay. and act like that yeah. and do things like that. Mm-hmm. And when they kind of look like you and you don't see a lot of people that look like you yeah. in media, it 
to me, it makes me viscerally angry. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's not enough white people representing me. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it is, it's, it's that concept. It's that if, I mean, if, if they're going to engage in like be a member of the queer community and then go out and act Act like like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And act. That's what it is. It's you're you're just fucking, he's, yeah, they're, They're acting like an asshole. And no, it is. It's 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 acting like, and it's shitty to say it like this, but it's acting like an entitled white dude. Yeah. And then turning around and presenting yourself. Yeah. And I was going to follow that up with like, it. you know, you can kind of feel that some people are genuine about it. And like uh, some people you can tell just kind of do it for the clout because it is a fucking a thing to kind yeah. of punch and in I, on yeah and i i don't even know if it's that like 100 yeah. i don't because i'm also i don't think that there's a whole lot of benefit mm-hmm. to like there's perceived benefit yeah as far as living your life out and living yeah. your life queer non-binary there's perceived benefit but that doesn't actually exist yeah. like it is something that when you're living that way, you experience the pressures of it. Okay. And so I don't think that it's clout. Okay. I just think that they're not a good person. Person. They're it's like at the core. Yes. It's just their not behavior a good... reflects yeah. that. And I'm more judgmental of it because it's the same of... shit with Kanye going on right now. Like the, the, the black community is so pissed at him because he's saying all this wild shit when it's just like, we knew this back in 20 fucking 15, 2018 yeah. when he was saying wild shit. Yeah. He just happened to make really good music. And I think what's happening now is that like he just hasn't really put any fucking good music out lately. So like there's nothing to really like upholster him yeah. to that. So now he's just saying wild shit for the past year and a half, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's nothing for him to like kind of rebound off of. He just went through a nasty divorce and whatever, but I, I don't even know if it's nasty. I don't know why I, I gave it an adjective, but <laughs> Uh, uh, no, but he he fell off and he's not reacting to it. Yeah, now. no. It's, I just saw a post. It was like uh, he went from partying with Jay Z and like people at the club. Now he's eating hibachi in the suburbs, <laughs> and like somebody had taken a picture with him, and he's got those big dumb boots on and yeah. shit. I love those yeah. boots though. Those boots are so crazy. Uh, but yeah, I get like it. It just turns out that hey, Kanye is an asshole. Like that's what it is. Like some of these people, they just. They're assholes at the core, and they're just they just happen to have a limelight on their assholey shit. Yeah, yeah. It's just that, which is a pun, I and guess. And it, it doubles it doubles back to what we were talking about as far as like shock gets, like and Views. Kanye knows that Kanye Views. knows that better than anybody. anybody. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's the monetization, like the whole. You remember the early two thousand tens. Where like it was just about views. People were taking to the fucking streets. The Logan Paul days, like the fucking, uh, you know, what's up, everybody? Welcome to my channel. And like today, we're gonna be fucking pantsing strangers on the fucking sidewalk in New yeah. York. And it's like, oh my god, I got stabbed. Like, yeah. yeah, what did you fucking think? With like, it's when the content meets reality. That's kind of where I think a lot of um, celebrities in those predicaments right now. Who and if you notice, a lot of them are the ones that backtrack and like apologize. And it's like, well, if you weren't doing assholey shit, you wouldn't feel the need to apologize. So the fact that you're like on the back end feeling as if you have to apologize, that's where you're you're wrong. Like anything 
I'm a big uh, proponent of like the Joe Rogan podcast. And like, if you notice a lot of the stuff, like if he makes a genuine mistake, uh, he'll apologize for it, like in the context of it, but he's, he's not necessarily um, sorry for the words that were said. It was the context in which it was maybe brought. Am I, am I triggering you a little no, bit? No, no, no. He's, okay. I, it's, I, I think what you're describing is gaslighting. Oh, is that it? <laughs> oh, yeah, for is sure. Is that the definition of gaslighting? I mean, it's part of it. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the concept that, like, we don't recognize that those two things are the same thing. Okay. That um, you... So you're saying context and what you're, like, like verbally saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those are, I mean, those are two halves of the same whole. True. And the when we get into apologizing, if we're going to apologize for things, then we have to accept that we were wrong. Wrong for saying apologies it. are an admittance of wrongdoing. They're so, not a. If you're saying I'm sorry, but then okay. you're not saying I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. That's it. It just it and is. I learned that in therapy. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's good. So, because I never, I've, I've actually never really looked up the definition for gaslighting. So I'm, and I've just always heard the term. That's like when you're essentially apologizing, but then kind of just deflecting the blame to somewhere. Yeah, gaslighting is so the. the it's not necessarily a hard to find thing. Mm -hmm. It's a concept. So the word gaslight literally means that like right now we've got all these lights on in this room mm -hmm. and it's super bright and we yeah. can see everything. But if you cut all these lights off and you cut on an old timey gas lantern, okay. then it would be flickering. There would be more shadows. Okay. It would be harder to make out what is actually going on gotcha. in the room. So okay. It's a concept. Okay. And so you're when, essentially muddying the other facts exactly, around it. Exactly. So when, when he's doing that, what he's engaging in is a way to shade what, what he was said. actually said yeah. instead of actually being apologetic where being apologetic is shining a light on your, yeah. it's highlighting where doing. you fucked up. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. the concept of if you're not doing that, if you're not shining a light on the issue, then you are gaslighting. Gotcha. So however, however that works into the situation, mm -hmm. it's more of like, it's the same concept as, or not the same concept, but it's the same as like saying somebody's shady. You say that they're shady. There's not a set list of things. Yeah. That makes somebody but then you give that shady. A, yeah, but then like you're like I don't know what they're doing, but they're doing some shady right, shit. Right exactly, like and you just know it's off. Right, right. Yeah. Gaslighting is gaslighting is shady for men. Gotcha. Like it's confrontationally shady. Yeah. Shady is when you're having conversation and people are avoidant, mm -hmm. but when you're confronting something and somebody is being shady, they are gaslighting. Gotcha. Those are the same. Okay. Like it's the same thing. So yeah, that like. And no, I uh, you're not going to catch me saying that Joe Rogan is fine. Yeah. <laughs> like 100%. That's just not my wheelhouse. And Yeah. Uh no, when I I definitely when celebrities engage in that sort of apology, okay. I that's what I feel like it is. Okay. 100%. Is it is a way to use their stardom to kind of um uh I guess 
they don't need to bring like awareness to the subject, but by them apologizing, they feel like now like, oh, because well, I've fucked up in this. Now I want to, I want to shed light. He knows he would lose viewers mm-hmm. if he actually apologized. Okay. So he also knows that he might lose viewers for not apologizing. apologizing. Yeah. But the higher risk as far as his demographic goes would be him coming out and flat out admitting yeah. that things that he says are transphobic okay. and homophobic mm-hmm. and that he says misogynist things. Yeah. Like if he came out and admitted that that's what those things were, then a lot of his viewership wouldn't engage. Gotcha. But there's a small amount of his viewership that wouldn't engage if he didn't apologize. And second off, the like next chess move there is when you engage in a gas lit apology, yeah. you get to carry that forward as like a reason for you to be upset with people who are upset. Are. With you. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. So it's, I mean, that's the whole, that's why gaslighting works Yeah, is you, you get to almost please both sides. Yeah. You keep it vague enough so that you don't get in trouble. Okay. That's like anytime, yeah. anytime somebody's engaging in that sort of behavior where you're like, Oh, you're trying to minimize yep. the repercussions here. That's yeah. like, yeah, that's, that's what that is. So, and here I was thinking that the gaslight was just me being broke and not being able to fill up my car. Mm-mm. No, no, it's not. I knew I have a new enough. definition for gaslight, and it is enough. not on my Subaru WRX. You have a you have a new definition for gaslight, <laughs> and it is that there's a loose definition. For <laughs> yeah, it is that it is contextually just like airbending. Like <laughs> you are airbending words. <laughs> um. Damn, that's crazy, yeah. Because uh, I do like the variety of guests that he brings on, and we we, we don't have to mm-hmm. stay mm-hmm. on Joe Rogan, but like his variety of guests, that, and I think he does make an attempt to um, to appease both sides. I think when he has um, like who's that comedian that uh, that cross dresses over in um, the UK? I forget his name. Um, you talking about Eddie Izzard? Or yes. Are you talk- okay. Yes. Gotcha. Um, now is he trans or is he, uh, um, I would have to actually look that up. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think as far as I know, Eddie Izzard is probably just non-binary probably, but it's sort of, those are muddy things. Yeah. Too. We're also it's gaslighting. Trans so. and, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, uh, cause trans and non-binary aren't mutually exclusive okay. either. Okay. Sort of things. There are people who are trans, non-binary. It's sort of a yeah. It's, those are two. It could separate be separate. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because I was gonna say, um, damn. As far as like the celebrities and like shining light on the community on the community in certain aspects, like being in the military, that happens with us. Like everything is about our image, and everything is about like how yeah. we look to the perceive or how we're perceived by the public. Um, so a lot of the things that we have to do day to day, like there are days, like you can't, you can't walk and chew gum. You can't walk and talk on the cell phone. You can't like, there's a lot of things that, you know, the military itself puts rules on because it's seen, it's perceived unprofessional. So like it's, 
it I find a similarity in that uh that whole subject in and of its own because it's like now that I like I'm doing comedy and like a lot of the things I have to do um I've I've even like stayed away from doing jokes about the military for a while because I wanted to make sure it was sound joke writing and that it was like under the context that like I do not represent solely the military I am you know Nick Rassiope not I'm not coming on stage as a fucking as a marine I'm coming on a stage as like myself yeah and like trying to get that separation between myself and and the military um so even on here like I didn't for the first I don't know two years I didn't didn't even bring up that I was in the military or like yeah. if I did it would be like you know I'm going on shishmoyment soon like yeah. I would like I would fucking dance around it yeah. but never really um engage with it solely mm-hmm. um cuz I also and especially with comedy I don't know if you've seen like vet TV or anything like that but like I just think the jokes surrounding the military are very rudimentary and it's like all fucking hacky it's all like regurgitated jokes like marines or crayon eaters and shit like that and it's just not i don't find it to be funny not saying that i have like this fucking imperialistic like hmm this is not comedy and like bouncing my toe as i look at some of these jokes but like i just don't find them that funny like it's um i guess hacky would be the word for a lot of the jokes so like i want to find a way where i can like make military jokes that would be away from that yeah does that make sense yeah yeah because i i love the military military has given me a lot of opportunities and it's it's shown me the fucking world i've been to a lot of places africa fucking europe uh asia so it's like it's narrowed and widened my like perception of where we are like on the like just as humans it's made me a lot more in touch with like a lot of the issues that we have in the United States are just issues in the United States. Like a lot of this shit does not happen elsewhere. Um, And I think like making jokes surrounding those experiences, I think is the way in a lot of the jokes that they do, like the, the vet TV skits. I just, it was, it's terrible. Like, are you, are you a fan of the, the office? Yeah. Okay. I, well, I yes, I've watched. So they yeah. tried doing a bit on that, and they they called it like the recruiter's office or whatever. And I and maybe it's because I'm a hater because I fucking I messaged them because I, I wanted to do some writing for them. I, I figured I could write some skits for them, so I hit them up on Instagram and stuff like that. Never got a reply or anything, but um, it turns out that like those motherfuckers wound up turning into like SNL. Like the dude who was running it was like just stealing material firing dudes like ruining people's lives yeah on the promise that like you know i'm gonna pay you i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then like you go to his instagram and he's fucking living it up in cabo with like i'm sure is the money he's supposed to be paying his fucking employees yeah with, of course you know because he he got out and he's a fucking scumbag but um and i i don't like that it's bolstered like because the whole reason they say that tv was made was like to bring uh, awareness to like the 22 a day, the suicide awareness of uh, veterans. And, and I don't like that. That's the platform it was bolstered on. Right. And then for him to do all of those shitty things to the people that were like, yeah, trying to wholeheartedly like jump into this, like very, mm-hmm. like comedy is a very therapeutic thing. Yeah. Laughing is just good. So yeah. like, yeah, 
for him to bolster it, it pisses me. I I don't I don't like mm. fucking vet TV whatsoever. But that is I I think that's a very funny response to it. it's like uh, people are killing themselves. We should make them laugh. Yeah, like that'll fix it. Let's yeah. we'll put comedy. Yeah, we'll make and comedy. Have you have you done <laughs> have you done uh, any shows like in Jacksonville or anything like that? Um, not lately. It's been a while. Yeah. since I... The because uh, I know some of the Marines will come down to uh, to Wilmington and stuff like that, and those mm-hmm. are always the best fucking crowds. Yeah, because like you can say the most fucked up shit, and yeah. like, they're gonna be like, "No, give me, I want more of that." <laughs> like, I want the throwing dead babies off roofs jokes. <laughs> like, you got any fucking abortion jokes? You know, yeah. and you're like, "Well, hold on, let me get done with my rape joke first. <laughs> I'm like, "All right," you know. Um, so uh. What do you have, like, where do you see yourself in, uh, in 10 years? Uh, I guess 10 years, I guess at the 10 year mark, where do you see yourself in kind of in, in three years? Like, cause oh. I would say, look, it, outside looking in and I, I guess you can correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like you're killing it. You know, I, I love your comedy every time I've, I've seen you go up, especially at the open mics when you're working new stuff out, like I'm always crying and it's, and it, it's good, like a good way. So like, um, do you see yourself touring soon? Do you see like are you trying to trying to expand um, your reach? Because you you go out to Raleigh every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I try to. I've I've been trying to do the like bar circuit. Okay. Um, right now, and I'm trying to get into more of like the feature circuit at okay. this point. Um, which is kind of a weird transition. You kind of mm-hmm. go through like little transitions as yeah. far as this goes. So. At least in the in the Wilmington comedy scene, it's you know hosting, maybe producing your own show or like a fucking trivia night. Mm-hmm. Then you move to to opening for people, or is that like? Yeah, I mean, uh, sort of the the way that it's been with me. Yes, that's sort of the way that it went. Is it started out with open micing and then doing um, smaller shows and things like that, uh, and producing some shows around town, but. Uh, yeah, at this point it's, it's more of, I've kind of, I've got my 20, I've got a, like Mm -hmm. a couple of twenties at this point. And so I'm just sort of trying to find a way to break into that where it's not, um, like I'm doing opening spots and featuring spots at Dead Crow because it's yep. my local club. Yep. But I'm trying to get more on to the point where I'm touring a bit more. Yep. Um, and my partner and I are planning to move in the next year. Okay. And we're planning to move closer to a bigger city. Where it's advantageous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense. So that's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm to a point now where I'm... I like my material. I like the way that I write and I trying to take the next step. Yeah. It's yeah. time to take the next step. Yeah. So, so yeah, ideally in three years, I'm the biggest comedian you've ever seen in your life. Good. That you're going to be like, wow, yeah. he was on my couch. Yeah. Like yeah. my casting couch. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's as I mean, he strokes the crushed pleather. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man, that, that's those are big plans. Because like outside, like outside looking in, I um, I would like to make it big in this business. Uh, stand up, like I'm, I don't have any. I don't see myself like acting or like 
anything of that nature. Like I, I wholesomely can say like I genuinely love doing stand up and it's the best. I think it gives you the biggest highs, but it also gives you like the biggest like if you eat a bag of dicks, like I yeah. drive home in silence for an hour and ten yeah. minutes, yeah. like beating myself up. Um it's a pure adrenaline rush, like when you crush a room and like yeah. The biggest room I've done right now is uh, Dead Crow at like half capacity. So I don't know, maybe 30 people, depending on where everybody's sitting. Yeah. So maybe a quarter of the room. Um, uh, so like I know when I get those big pops in a room that's actually filled, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm I am pretty good at this, ain't I? Yeah. You know, you kind of like, <laughs> you know, because yeah. like their day. And I, I just did um Tim's show last night at Seagate and I got home and I was just like. I don't know why, but I'm sad. Like, yeah. I just, I don't feel good. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel bad, but I don't feel, I feel mm-hmm. very, like, indifferent. And I think yeah. this job also does that, too. Because, like, I don't know if you do, but, like, I give myself a lot of expectations. And, like, yeah. when those don't get met, like, I am just fucking internally crushed. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, that is something that I, I feel like the pandemic hit at, like, the exact right time. For me, because I'd gotten to a point where I was toxically in my head Ah. about my comedy and about my writing and the like pandemic sort of forced me to disengage oh yeah from like all of it you had to like come up with like coping mechanisms of like yeah. you're just talking you're spinning yeah. wheels yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and when I finally got back into it I was just like Here man this go. is fine yeah. like this is it felt like when I started doing it and you do that thing where you show up to open mics and you show up to shows and even if they go wretched yeah you're like man this was fun yeah like it's it def- it got me back to that enjoying it again i i totally still have nights where it's that yeah where it's oh man this didn't go as well as i wanted mm-hmm. it to and i feel like crap about it but it has definitely shifted me back to a point where it's like yeah but it, like at least you got to do it yeah like, at least, at least like, you were the one up so there with and the so microphone. was great yeah. like it was like this was fun yeah. like it's dumb like why didn't they laugh at this yeah like, sort yeah, yeah, of yeah. thing it's more it's of, good at this spot why didn't it do? yeah like, that's yeah. my biggest issue right now is like molding my jokes where i can kind of do them at the club and in a bar setting because mm-hmm. what, what i find is is a lot of my jokes uh they work when it's a comedy setting mm-hmm. but the problem is is like making it work in the when people are ready for scene. comedy yeah like and they're making, talking and the fucking game yeah. is on it's yeah. like yeah you know look Matt. at no up here like uh-huh. i'm fucking i drove a fucking hour to, mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. and i gotta watch george get mad at the fucking georgia game you yeah. know like yeah uh, no, I I understand that's yeah. that's frustrating, and I'm not even like a team sport guy, so like I don't even have comebacks or like yeah, I can't even really throw shots at them. Like nobody cares about the fucking field goal, dude. I'm up here. Let me tell you about my VR porn, yeah. and especially in like those instances, <laughs> it always feels like it's not worth it doing games. Yeah, like yeah, because now you're just oh now I'm now I'm feeding into the the bullshit he's already doing. Right, right. I feel like. Bar shows teach you where that line is as far as, like, if you're doing stand-up, if you're doing comedy, there's a part of it where it's like, you have to address 
the mm-hmm. room. You have to address what's going on in the room. Yep. But bar shows teach you where that boundary is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, where is, Don't fall where and is attack that people. table that I shouldn't talk to? Yeah. Like, who is this person that I'm about to engage with and it's going to screw the whole set? Yep. Like, it's it's very fun to teaches you to pick your battles. Yeah. Because it's so rewarding to engage with the room and get whatever response you want. But mm-hmm. if the room's not engaged with you, then it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't. And that's why, dude. You have to be careful which ones you. Last night's show, because everybody got 10 minutes and there was like 11 or 12 comics. So, like, mm-hmm. you could feel the energy fucking go up. And, and I thankfully went up first. So, I had a full room. Tim waited to start it till, you know, the room was a little bit more packed. So when I was going, like I had everybody there, I got laughs. I like a set went great. It was good. Um, but then you could see the comics weren't necessarily walking people, but people were just like not engaged yeah, anymore. Like, Cause it was yeah. fucking two hours of done. comedy. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, um, yeah, I guess the skill I'm trying to work on right now is addressing the room. Um, and then also trying to tie it into my act that I'm bringing that night. Mm-hmm. That's my biggest issue right now. And I'm getting a little, I'm warming up to it more. I think what I need to do is just like no safety net, go to dead crow. And I want I like have a couple of jokes in mind, but like really start hounding on the crowd work and like being able to engage with people. Um, not necessarily, it's not like I'm scared to engage with people, but it's just like, I don't want to be that comic that goes up there and then um, addresses something and then like doesn't have anything to to give back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you don't want the, I, I've realized you don't want them to be the one with the last word. <laughs> yeah. It's like a petty <laughs> argument with your fucking significant other. Like, yeah. Who's going to give up first? And it's like, then they keep engaging and then you got to learn to like, all right, bitch, like stop. Like now I'm talking, you know, and like getting that confidence and I'm starting to build that confidence back up. Cause when I got back in, um, August from my shush moment, uh, <laughs> when I got back, I had all of those same feelings of like, should I be doing this? Like that whole first couple months feeling back. Yeah. And it, it, I thought I was back September where like my confidence, but like, I'm just starting to hit my stride again now where like. I'm feeling comfortable on stage. I'm not necessarily worried about people firing back. I can be in the room and like do comedy, not necessarily like, you know, I, uh, I have a clone of Willie and I made a dildo like doing that joke. Yeah. Like a fucking, uh, one of those old, like, uh, apothecary and snake oil salesman, you know, like trying to like push off these fucking, essential oils yeah <laughs> so that's cool so you're you're thinking more towards raleigh you're going you're going to try and go south to like south carolina no i think that uh we're looking sort of north oh right now. i okay. like philly yeah fuck yeah um, so i like yeah, that you area. fucking killers need to get out of here so i can get some room to stretch my yeah, legs and start booking these shows <laughs> get the fuck out of here no that's cool though because um it seems like everybody that's that's the thing is like I shouldn't say that's the thing. I've only seen two other people go and it was Julia and Matt mm-hmm. and they went up to to New York. I ho- I I haven't seen them since, but they've been um hopefully killing it up there. Yeah. But um yeah. 
I don't know. I fucking, I just, I think I lucked out too. Like I can't even imagine what like being a comic in like Utah would be like, you know what I'm saying? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we're going to do yeah got, show uh, like driving driving shows. Like how yeah. does that even comedian? How does that work? Comedians out of the Midwest yeah, who make it are that's God dear. Yeah. Like stuff. Right. Yeah. Just, Have you ever put on corn oil before on your tractor? And it's like, I don't even know if that's, I don't know where this goes. Just the, the concept of the distance between <laughs> cities there. It's yeah. like, I, yeah. I hate living here and having to travel <laughs> yeah. a couple yeah. of hours. And there's a circle K every five minutes, like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the concept of just living anywhere in the Midwest, deciding I'm going to be a comedian and I'm gonna drive to my shows. Yeah, is just wild. Yeah, it's <laughs> horrifying. Is... It's like gas prices. You got to get a Tesla at that point. Just the willpower. Yeah, the human ability. Yeah, to get yourself to do that. Like, it's... and I feel dumb too because like uh, my wife gets pissed when I drive the hour because I'm going back and forth. I try and go. Um, I've had to since cut it back so I could squeeze in some family time. Um, but uh, I was at a point for like two weeks doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. and then any shows I had booked Fridays or Saturdays. So that's right. almost five times a week. Yeah, going a fucking going to Wilmington. Yeah, and it was just putting miles on my car. Yeah, like just miles because yeah. it's almost exactly fifty miles to and from. So each time was a hundred miles. So like I've been putting. I think just in the last four months, I've put like. 5,000 miles on my car because <laughs> I also took a trip to, to Jersey, um, which was a fun, crisp 500 miles to and from. Nice. Um, well, I, would, I do want to thank you for coming on. I hope you had fun. This yeah, was, absolutely. this was a good time. Um, I would love to have you back on as soon as possible. Cool. Um, I'm going to try and edit this so it comes out on Monday. So it'll be tomorrow release. And then, uh, yeah, I'll shoot you, uh, I'll shoot you stuff tonight. Um, where can they find you at? You got anything um, coming up? Let's see. So coming up, I'm going to be at the Brewer's Kettle in Wilmington this coming Friday. We're doing a, a fundraiser show Hell yeah. for Halfway House in Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. So please come out and donate to that. That's the 8th? Uh, uh, the 8th. Uh, the December 9th, because I don't know my days of the week. Doing that, um, if you're looking for me on social media, Instagram is the best place to find me. Tyler took pictures. Um, I've got a TikTok, and I post dumbass shit on it. So, <laughs> uh, go ahead and find me there. That's just queer queen quips. Yeah, so, that's what I'm talking about. But yeah. I had to get rid of my TikTok. You did. I had to. Yeah, it was too addicting. That's, yeah, I, had I, to get it I love it so yeah. much. It's, I'm fascinated with social media, yeah. and I... Think TikTok is one of my favorites. I was a big like Vine person. Thought that that was one of the greatest eras of comedy, yeah. and I think that TikTok has really picked up where that left off. Yep. And some absolutely some of the funniest people, some of the best creative people mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Casey Frey TikTok. That's, Do you know yeah. his videos? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. 
that dude <laughs> when he does the and he's dancing with himself <laughs> in the backyard <laughs> yeah yeah yes. oh my god people used to tag me in that shit all the time because they said i looked like him i'm like yo will you guys stop <laughs> now, could you please yeah could you please this is too much <laughs> somebody was like you look like casey friend be like all right i'll, um, I'll be dead now <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. um all right you guys know where to find me, Nick at Night, on Instagram, please. Um, I have a show coming up December 17th at the Crooked Lotus. It is in Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina. Um, much love. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Smash that fucking subscribe button. Rub your hairy little fucking mouse mouse finger or mouse uh, cursor, I guess, all over that subscribe button. Why is Smash it. Hairy? it. It's, <laughs> we need hairy mice. That's why. Uh, again, thank you so much. Yeah. Love you guys. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.